All right, we're live. Welcome back to the What's Goody podcast. I have a very special guest today, Dr. Cassie. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to have you on today. So many questions, and I also have a surprise story that I'm going to share with you. You may not know this, but it's going to be pretty, uh, should be pretty fun. So uh, before we get started, Cassie, please introduce yourself to my audience. Uh, tell us all about, tell, tell us your story. Okay, great. Um, so I am super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I've been following you too. Some good nice. posts. So uh-huh. I am an endocrinologist in Oklahoma City. I So I do a lot of stuff with I'm a more of a functional medicine doctor now in the last couple of years. So I've really kind of, even though I do endocrinology, I'm board certified for that. I have done a lot with nutrition, metabolism, weight loss, thyroid, hormone stuff since 2020. And so that's kind of my passion. That's what I do. Um, and I think, you know, we have a lot of similar similarities as far as like, I really want to just help people realize that the crap that they eat and the things they do to their body is why they're sick. And it's really easy to fix it if you can just change those habits and like those lifestyle things. And so I know it's difficult. I know we're busy. I know we have, you know, lots of excuses, but my goal as a practitioner is just to kind of help people. I call it biohacking or life hacking, like figure out how to do little things to start changing habits to get you going into that direction that you need to be going so that you're happier and healthier. And so that's kind of my story and, and where I come from is just, I care about people. I have a ton of compassion, but I think our problem in this country is education like people just aren't educated on how to be healthy. And so that's what I'm trying to do is help people realize, Hey, these are little things you can do to be healthy. And, you know, I kind of have a personal story behind mine. I was not very healthy 10 years ago. I wasn't very healthy in med school. I got diagnosed with some autoimmune issues and thyroid issues, and I just wasn't taking very good care of myself. And then I realized about three years ago, you know, I had some things happen and, uh, I was like, okay, those are my signs, right? Like I've got to start putting me first, prioritizing myself and taking better care of myself. And it's crazy how much better you feel when you start doing that. And so then I just really kind of changed how I practice medicine. And I really want to show people some of the natural things they can do and the ways they can eat and just move their body. I tell my patients a lot of medicine, like the best medicines in the world are free, right? So it's exercise, diet, sunlight, like it's all free. Yep, you just have absolutely. to do it. And so that's kind of my story and kind of where I'm at and what I'm doing. No, so. That's awesome. I, I got, I have yeah, so many, so many ways I want to go with this, but I, actually what caught my uh, ears. Okay. So, you know, you said about 10 years ago, you weren't in the best shape of your life. Right. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, how did it get there? How did you get there? And was it while you were going to school? Like what, like kind of, you know, I know school's very hectic. I know when you're, you know, taking these classes and it's could be stressful. Is it like emotional? So you were eating bad or like, just tell us how, how did you get there to that low spot in your life? Yeah. So I think all of it, you know, all of the above, um, I've always kind of like played sports exercised, you know, but I would say that growing up, you know, I, I grew up in a small town where we ate, you know, meat and potatoes and bread and, you know, just like what you think is the typical American diet candy. And I think I just, I didn't have that knowledge that like, Hey, these things aren't great for you. Right. So you go to college and then you start studying a lot and I was very sedentary. And so then you can't get away with eating those things like you used to. And so I did gain, you know, quite a bit of weight when I went to college 
And it wasn't like excessive, but it was definitely not healthy. You know, you also drink when you go to college, which a lot of people don't realize maybe how much they're drinking or how bad that is for you, just your sleep. And, and so, you know, I was not eating the best and I was drinking and then I was pulling all nighters and I was studying. And so I just got to this point where physically looking, I didn't look as healthy. I wasn't physically moving as well. Right. And then I was just putting all these bad things to my body. So I wasn't sleeping as well. I just wasn't at my best potential. Right. And so you just kind of, I call it my survival mode, right? I was in survival mode. I was in med school. And so I survived through med school. Thankfully I survived through residency. I did what I had to do to survive, which was a lot of fast food and a lot of way too much energy drinks. You know, I know that's your jam. Lots yeah. of energy drinks, lots of coffee, not a lot of sleep, you know, pride yeah. myself on, didn't need all that. Um, just kind of ate whatever and made it through residency, but I got sick in residency and I got an autoimmune condition called Graves. And so my thyroid was overactive and I, and I treated that and thankfully got better and made it through that. But then when I got out of residency and, and, you know, was, was practicing, I was like, I still don't feel well. Like, I feel like all these people tell me they feel right. I just, I have brain fog and I'm tired and I, you know, I just, I just didn't feel right. And so that's whenever I kind of decided like, okay, I need to like reevaluate my life and just, you know, I guess take myself out of that like normal situation, right? Like most people, if you go out to dinner, right, they're not going to look at you funny if you order an entire bottle of wine and like fried chicken. But if you're like, I'm going to have a water and a salad, they're like losing their mind. Right. Yeah. And so I think part of that is like just that cultural, you know, so just figuring that out, like, Hey, I don't, have to drink every time I go to dinner, even though I'm a doctor and it's like in this social setting, I don't have to eat all the things that people want you to eat. I can get up early and exercise. You know, you make all these choices in life. So just learning how to like prioritize me because if you, you know, as a me personally, but everyone, but especially as a doctor, like you can't Mm -hmm. pour from an empty cup. So I can't wake up in my, you know, in a bad bad state and expect it to take really good care of patients. So mine was more just, I wasn't eating well. I wasn't fueling my body with what I needed. So then I wasn't sleeping well. I was, I was probably on an okay weight. I wouldn't say it was super healthy, but I definitely had insulin resistance and I had thyroid issues and I had hormone issues and I just didn't feel good. Yeah. So I've changed all of that though since 2020. So I prioritize myself. I have a morning routine. I eat well. I've actually never felt better in my life than I've ever felt. Probably in the best shape of my life I've ever been into. I lift a bunch of heavy shit. I love lifting heavy stuff. You're not not scared of getting big and bulky? That's not going to... I mean, you have... No, I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to get big and bulky. So, you know, like you and I were talking about, I'm not eating 200 grams of protein and 4,000 car or, you know, 4,000 yes. calories a day. I mean, I'm eating what I need to eat to maintain myself. I do eat a lot of protein. I eat like 130, 150 grams of protein a day. I eat some carbs, but no, I, I love to lift heavy things. It's like the most exhilarating thing it's, ever. Right? It's one of those things, like you just said, like you, you said earlier, how it's the education part when it comes to nutrition, right? Like people right. don't know they're not educated enough on nutrition, right? And it's the same thing with, I, I feel, with resistance training, with lifting weights, especially for women. Um, if I tell a woman to go lift weights, the first thing they think is something negative. Oh my gosh, no way. I don't want to get big and bulky. I don't want to look butch. I don't want to look like a dude. And I'm like, ma'am, or lady, or aunt, like cousin, listen to me. 
I have been lifting for 10 years, trying to get big and bulky, and I still haven't reached my uh, uh, goal. So I can promise you that's not going to happen to you. As a matter of fact, you're going to look the way that you want to look and that ideal body that you're going for. That's, that's what you're going to have. That's what you're going to get. That's what's going to happen. So I think that's always like the one thing for women that they just quite don't understand that anytime you talk about lifting heavy shit, they're like, Oh no, no, that's a negative. I'm like, no, it's so good. Like not even for like, okay, for let's just be real. Not even for the vanity side of it. Right. But building more muscle, just overall, you're going to feel healthier. You're going to be able to eat more food. You're going to be able to burn more body fat. Your body's going to be, is going to be able to handle more glucose because you have more muscle. It's just so many benefits to building muscle and it only gets more and more important as you get older. And so, yeah, I always just, whenever I, I talk to another, uh, female, I, uh, I always want to bring up the resistance training because I want women to hear this. If you're, if you're listening to this right now, go lift weights. You're not going to get big and bulky. You're only going to get healthier, look better and feel better. Yeah. Lift really heavy weights too, because like I used to kind of be scared too, right? When I first started lifting, I was like, all right, here are my five pound weights, you know, whatever. And then I was following some people on social media that I, you know, follow, like I love Dr. Fit and Fabulous and I follow Jordan. Um, I mean, these women that like lift heavy stuff. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should do that. But yeah, I was kind of scared. Right. But then I realized too, like part of the joy of working out, at least for me is like, I love like today I woke up this morning and I was like, ow, like, you know, I like did legs yesterday and my butt hurts every time I sat down today and my legs are sore. And I even took an ice bath yesterday, but I like that, right? Because I went to the gym and I busted my ass for two hours. And so if I didn't feel bad today, it's like, what was the point, right? Yeah. It feels like that good, bad, right? Yep. So you don't get that unless you lift heavy stuff, right? Like exactly. I don't care if you do, I used to do these little boot camp things, whatever, where you do like a thousand reps in an hour, but you're doing it with five pounds. Like great. Yep. I guess you're probably getting a cardiovascular. Yeah. Workout. Great for cardio. Great yeah. for stamina. But my butt never hurt like this, right? Like yeah. whenever I'm sitting down, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like yeah. that's good. It'll probably be gone tomorrow. And then I'm going to do it again next Sunday. But like, that's good. Right. And it's really good because you actually start to see a difference too in how your body is, right? Like how yeah. it changes. Like I have muscle mass now that I've never had. I don't look like a dude. I don't look, you know, but it's kind of cool. And like, the other thing I really like about it too is like you start to get this it's almost like this game you play with yourself right like I was telling my husband yesterday um at the gym like I had no butt like none I still don't have a big one but like that's like hard for some people to get no right? look I get it. Dude, it some people tr- are yeah so when I first started lifting you know the little machine you set on and you push up you know you like thrust up with it to work yep. okay yeah so when yep. I first started that I'm not kidding you you can ask my husband I put like five pound plates on each side and I would like cry and I was like this is awful why do people do this so yesterday when I did it I did 45s on each side and I did 10 and then I do 10 pulses at the top and I did four sets I did 45 pounds on each side I started no, with that's, five. that's that's awesome. like an amazing like you're just like I, I just feel like like a power woman you know just and like, and that exercise is great for men and women. So the, the yeah. exercise you're talking about, it's the hip thrust. Yeah. And at our gym, we actually have a machine that's like designed specifically for that movement. Yeah. It's not something you like typically a couple of years ago because the hip thrust got so popular because you're right. It is probably one of the best glute machine 
uh, that you can that you can do is if you want to build your glutes. And so typically what people would have to do is make their own uh, version of a hip thrust. They would have to find a bench yeah. and then roll up a, a, a dumb uh, a barbell with 45s and just stack them and then put like a like a like a mat uh, between their 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 hips because it would hurt. And then yeah. they would have to do the exercise, like your hip thrust exercise. Um, but yeah, that exercise is amazing. I incorporate that into my 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 lives because look, I know I don't care how I sound. Look, I love hating. I I, love- I, I like I want my butt to be big too. Like <laughs> it's yeah. not just a girl thing. I don't care. Fellas probably rolling their eyes, like bro, what are you talking about? Look, no. I want a big butt too. Like if. Um, I'm just speaking on behalf of some of my single friends. Uh, they do tend to say that girls do like guys with big butts. So, uh, I'm going to trade my butt. <laughs> well, and not even for a vanity thing. Do you know why I really started working my glutes? Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Cause I was just like, whatever. I don't have a butt. It's fine. But the reason I started working my glutes, the, your glutes, I've been told I, you correct me if I'm wrong. It's one of the biggest muscles in your body and one of the strongest, right? And so you want to work those big, strong muscles because the more muscle you have, the more your metabolism is, the more you can eat, the more you can get away with things, right? So like when I do make bad choices, which I try to only do 10% or less of the time, but let's say I decide to go downstairs when we're done and have a glass of wine and eat some pizza. That's not going to happen on any pizza, but let's say I did. (laughs) you're going to be able to get away with that when you have more muscle because your muscle grabs that glucose and and puts it away. Right. And so to be honest with you, that's the only reason I started working my glutes and my legs so much. Cause I was like, all right, if that's the easy in my mind, right. If that's the biggest, easiest muscle to, to make a machine and be able to eat more and get away with it, then let's go. And then you actually get like some benefits of it. Right. Like my husband even told me the other day, he's like, your butt is getting bigger. <laughs> there you That's go. Great. There but you go, I mean, ladies. That, you know, that was my my reason for doing it was like, okay, if this is a big muscle that I can work, you know, and it looks great, good. But I mean, it's more for a metabolic health reason, right? Like those to big me, muscles. It, it's all, you it's, work all it's nothing but wins. Like, yeah. you're, you look better. Your husband's like, wow. Like, okay, honey. Like, I see that. <laughs> and then you can eat more. You feel better. Like, it's just, there's, there, I see no negatives. Yeah. Um, and so, it makes you feel so strong. Like as a woman, I'm just going to put this out there. Women, for real, like I'm not even kidding you, say what you want. But that moment in the gym where you just like throw something around super heavy or like the other day I was doing the leg press and there were hundred pounds on each side and I got up and I walked off and I came back and this guy walks up and he's like, oh, do you want me to help you take those off? Like he thought I was coming to like use it. And I'm like, no, I'm actually, that's like my set. I'm using it. And he was like, yeah. That just makes you feel like I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm late pressing. Yes, like, the confidence. <laughs> you, you feel good. You're confident. Yeah. You know, one thing I want to say is for people that maybe that you're, if people are listening to this and you haven't yet gotten to a gym, I I know it can be intimidating. Yeah. Trust me, sure. I was there. I had no fucking clue how to work out. I didn't know shit. I didn't know anything about bodybuilding. I didn't know anything about splits. I knew nothing. When I got to a gym, it was in Anytime Fitness. And they would like set you up with a trainer. And she wrote like this workout for me that I thought was like, oh, this is amazing. It was like the dumbest thing I could I could ever think of. But at the time, you know, over and over time, I learned how to how to work out. I learned what splits were. I learned to train certain body parts on certain days and group <laughs> them together uh, for, for maximum benefits. And so I just want to say, if you're intimidated, don't be. If you're intimidated to go to the gym because you think everyone's going to be staring at you, Trust me, nobody cares. Nobody. Everybody's cares. life is hectic, 
everyone's life is crazy. There are so many things going on in this world that the last thing they're going to be doing is thinking about you in that gym, doing that exercise for that 30 minutes that you were in there for or an hour. So don't be scared. I promise you, no one's looking at you. No one cares. Just get in there. And over time, you'll learn and you'll get better at these exercises and you'll gain more knowledge. So, and I just want to say again, for people who have been following me for years, I was at level zero. And if I can get to where I'm at today, so can you. It just takes time and you got to get into the gym at first. So if you never step foot in that gym, you're never going to learn and you're never going to get over that fear and that anxiety and that, you know, that, um, that feeling that you get when you walk into a gym for the first time, like you're just intimidated, like, oh my God, especially if you go to like a, a bodybuilding gym or, uh, you know, a gym that has a lot, you know, a lot of gym bros, I can get it. It can be intimidated, but don't be scared. But you know what too? I, I have a saying, I, I love that. Like stay in your own lane, right? This is your lane, your life, your journey. Like don't compare it to anyone else's. It's yes. taking me a long time to get there. Right. But you shouldn't compare your journey to anyone else's and you sure as hell shouldn't be comparing your journey right now to like prior you. Right. So I think yeah. that's what women do. I put a post about this yesterday. I was guilty of it too until recently. Like, look at yourself in the mirror. Think about like, well, what did I do when I was in my 20s? Well, it doesn't matter because you're not in your 20s anymore, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Just look forward, focus on what's going on. And like like you said at the gym, like nobody is paying attention to what you're doing. If they're at the gym for the right reason, they're sweating. Like, I don't. I don't know who I saw at the gym this morning, right? I'm just like sweating, trying to get my workout in, listing my own things. Um, You know, so nobody, nobody is paying attention to you. I honestly think when I go to the gym, because I go at 5.30 in the morning, anyone that I do see, I'm like, good for you for being right? You got up early. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing because I'll be the first one to tell you there are some days I get up and I'm just not mentally there. So I literally go and walk on a treadmill and maybe play on my phone. Maybe I do nothing. Maybe I listen to a podcast, but there are some days where I'm just like, I, I'm just going to, I'm here, I'm walking, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not giving it my all, but I'm moving and I can't. Right. I mean, you have those days. So take your wins. If you're there, good for you. Even if you do one curl, the next day do two, right? So it's like one more. Just do one more every day. And eventually, yeah, one- like you said, you'll get there. Because we all started. Nobody started with big muscles knowing exactly Nobody. how to work out. I, I know I sure didn't. And I'm still working on it. Me uh, one too. Thing I, one thing I want to say is um, what people don't realize. And I'm, I'm talk about the gym one more time because this is a, a major benefit. I think it's really important, especially after 2020 and so forth where we're at uh, in today. Um, the gym is, has been like my therapy. Like, you know, we've gone through so many ups and downs in life. I've personally had a, a, a big, um, heartbreak. My sister passed away this year and, you know, the gym is always that one place where you can go and kind of let out all your emotion on the, the, the weights and, and really go in there, put, put a, put a a playlist on, get in there and just let it all out. Just, throw it all on the weights, you know, push it all out on the weights. And, and it's one of those things where it's really helped me over the last seven, eight years. And it's just an amazing therapy session for me. And so, um, and it's a lot cheaper than your regular therapy. Now, if you do need and therapy, please go get it. It's antidepressant sometimes I think too. Absolutely. Yeah, I've only heard like negative things about that. And- you, you let all that positive energy out about yourself. And I would have yep. completely agree. Like, I love exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. So one thing that caught my ear um, earlier, you said, I've never, I've never met somebody 
who's had this before. Now, if I heard you correctly, you said you were diagnosed with Graves. Yep. Okay. So I don't know if you know this or not. I was diagnosed with Graves too. No. Yes. So this is crazy, right? And you're um, a man, so that's really uncommon, by the way. Exactly. Super. Exactly. <laughs> this is like, I have nobody to talk to about this. You're like the second person I've ever talked to about this. And the first person was an endocrinologist as well. So go figure, right? Um, so I was diagnosed. Uh, so, and, and also, I don't know if yours was taken out or if they caught it in time. They did not catch mine in time. Uh, I don't have a thyroid. Uh, so for people who are watching this on the YouTube channel, uh, I don't know if you guys can see that, but whatever. Uh, my thyroid was taken out when I was 18 years old. <clears throat> the doctor said it was one of the biggest thyroids he's ever seen. It was said it was joked around, said it was as big as a football. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it caused a lot of damage when I was, uh, my senior year, my last half of my senior year. I didn't know what was going on with me. Hell, I, in high school, I, I'm an idiot. I'm still an idiot today. Like, all I couldn't look, I couldn't look past Friday night. And so like my body is completely changing. I mean, I literally thought I was like in the movie thinner. Do, I don't know for people who remember that movie by Stephen King, where it's just, I'll just briefly give you the gist of it. This Indian puts this curse on this guy, and no matter what he does, he's going to get super, super thin. That was me. No matter what I did, how much I ate, I was looking like a skeleton. My parents, teachers, coaches, all pulling me aside. What is going on? Are you okay? Is everything okay? And I'm like, I'm like a fucking kid. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. What's going on? What's up? Like, I'm good. What are you talking about? I had no idea, like, what they're talking about. And they're thinking, like, I'm on drugs or something. They thought you had a secret eating disorder. Something. <laughs> Something because I'm I'm down to 126 and I'm typically hover around 160 170, and so even me I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then finally my mom was like, okay, we need to go get this checked. Sure enough, Graves' disease uh, had it removed that summer. But yeah, I've never met anybody else who's had this uh, disease. And for like you said, for guys, it is super rare. Have you seen like how many patients have you seen with Graves? That's a that's a male. Um, oh, I've got a handful, at least 10, but, okay. it's, but I have hundred, you know, over a hundred yeah. women. It's not very common. Yeah. It's not very common at all. It's, but especially uh, not that young. Typically when guys get it too, they're going to be older, like in their fifties. So that's interesting. It's, it was, it's one of those things where like. So you were, <laughs> you were not. So my, so just so you know, my take on thyroid is it's like a representation of your overall health. So when mm -hmm. your thyroid is out of balance and you're sick, something was going on. So whether it was you were drinking too much or not eating well, or I don't know, but I, I think it's an autoimmune process that you're genetically predisposed to. But yeah. when you put your body in a really bad position, that's when it, so. You know, at that on. age, I mean, at that age, I mean, again, like I was always pretty active, you know, as a, a teen. And again, I was in pretty decent shape. I mean, I'm a, I'm a child at that point, right? Like I wasn't overweight. I played sports. Um, but autoimmune disease did run in my family. So like my mom had, you know, thyroid issues, my sisters, her parents as well, my mom's parents as well. So I don't know if it ran in my family, but like I said, yeah, I guess that is very uncommon for, for someone that young to get it. But I want to say for the longest time, I blamed me not having a thyroid on why I couldn't build muscle, why I was overweight, 
why I was depressed, like everything, like everything, like what I was in this really bad spot. Like you said, 10 years ago, I did not look like this. I was, uh, 70 pounds, 70, probably 75 pounds heavier, you know, type two diabetic, insulin resistant, high cholesterol, taking Crestor on all types of mm. blood uh, pressure medication at age 26. And I was like, Oh, it's cause I don't have a thyroid. It's not fair. It's not fair. Everyone else has a thyroid. I can't lose weight. I can't get in shape. And, you know, again, like, it's all fucking excuses. It's just all choices. Like you said, it was all, it, I never blamed my drinking all the time. I never blamed my going out to eat, eating Taco Bell, eating like shit, getting no sleep, partying all mm-hmm. the time. I never blamed that. But once I took accountability, got into the gym, suddenly, oh, I guess it wasn't my thyroid. I guess it was my <laughs> lifestyle was the reason why. Maybe. And I've never, and I've never really even... I mean, I have to go every six months to get blood work just, you know, um, just to make sure I need the right dosage. But, um, yeah, I don't ever blame my thyroid anymore. I'm currently, I've been taking level thyroxin for since I was 18. Um, and it's always hovered around 150 to 200. But, uh, for those of you, like it's, again, it's, it's so easy to find excuses, right? Like whenever we're not in the same, when we're not in the place we want to be, it's always this and that it's not fair. And it's like, no, it's choice. It's all your life decisions. Yeah. I'm an, I might get a little bit of hate for this, but I will say that sometimes I feel like we do a disservice to people when we give them a medical diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that hypothyroidism isn't real and I'm not saying it doesn't affect your metabolism to some degree. But yeah, when you, you know, let yourself get in this box and you, you know, let this condition kind of, uh, you know, let, let your lifestyle slip and and give you excuses, then sometimes I see that. And sometimes people, again, it goes back to education though. Sometimes I really think people don't realize Mm. that they're not living a healthy lifestyle because it's just like what they've always done. Right. So like I, I get people who say this to me all the time. I'm eating the exact same that I ate when I was a teenager and now I'm 30 or I'm eating the exact same I did when I was in my 20s and now I'm in my 30s. I don't understand why I'm gaining weight. Well, because that's catching up to you, right? And so like, again, you know, you let that diagnosis of hypothyroidism after you were treated surgically as a kind of an excuse and, you know, you didn't really look at the big picture and, and that happens sometimes. And I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's true. And again, it goes back to the education. Like what is, what is healthy? Like what is a healthy diet? You know, what is, because all of the, we have all these misconceptions about what's healthy, and what's not healthy. Oh, if it's gluten-free, it's healthy, right? No. Like a lot of that's garbage. If it's vegan, it's healthy, right? Like, oh my yeah. God, Oreos are vegan. No, like they're not healthy, you know? So it's or just sugar-free, like right? Going back. Sugar. Yeah. They make sugar-free, gluten-free, vegan Oreos. Did you know that? It's still <laughs> shit. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it just kind of goes back to that misconception, um, you know, and it's just it's hard to like sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror and say that. But I, yeah. again, I think it's because as a society, we don't do a good job educating people. Ever, there's so much miseducation about like lifting weights and eating and metabolism and sleep. And so how do you feel about the whole body positivity movement over the last couple of years? Like Lizzo, you know, it's all about body positivity doesn't matter and it's like and people have taken that and run and it's like almost like it's okay to be literally obese and 
horrible shape. And it's like, as long as, hey, body positivity, it's all good. Like, it's it's just something. I mean, yeah. for me, like, as a guy, it's like, come on. But, like, and it's mostly, I I see women mostly do it. But, like, yeah, I want to get your your opinion on that. Okay. And I might get some hate on this, too. But obesity, no matter how you look at it, fat is an endocrine organ, right? So obese Mm -hmm. tissue on your body is an endocrine organ. And when you have too much of it, bad things happen. So I want you to be positive about yourself. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Yes, I think you need to have a positive outlook and love your body. But in loving your body and having that positive outlook, you need to think, okay, so I need to probably start doing things to make sure that my insulin level is down. I mean, you can have a positive outlook on your body, but your numbers are not going to lie to you. Your glucose is not going to lie. Your insulin is not going to lie. Your cortisol is not going to lie. Your visceral fat mass is not going to lie. And so, yes, I love that you have this positive outlook on your body, but I think that, again, anything of too much is is not okay, right? And obesity and adipose tissue are an endocrine organ, and they secrete insulin, and they secrete cortisol. I mean, it, those fat cells secrete insulin, they secrete cortisol, they secrete things that are bad for you. And so I think that I'm going to have to... I think I'm going to have to side with you and the fact that like, yes, I want you to be positive, but I want you to be healthy. So let's take that positivity, move it to the gym, move it to a little bit different food choices and let's, you know, make those numbers look better. Yeah. I, I always, I try to like, again, you want to be nice. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, no, be nice and like being easy on people is like why we're here. Right. And so I, it's like, you got to take accountability. It's like, look, you don't feel good. You, you, you constantly tell me that you have this issue, this issue, this issue. Well, let me tell you why. And let's, let yeah. me give you some reasons on, on like some ways that we can fix this. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things like, I mean, I don't know for me personally, like I, I always hear it and see it. I'm like, no, like, what are we doing? Like, this is why America is like, you just, like you said in one of your posts, like, and you're in and you're spot on. America is getting sicker every, every year. We're getting more and more, uh, we're getting worse as a society. And again, it's all the way we eat. Nobody wants to take accountability. You know, during the whole like pandemic era, it was like, stay inside, stay locked yeah. up. Don't go outside. Don't go work out. Order fast food. Don't, yeah. you know, don't go out and get sunlight. It's just like made absolutely no sense. And again, you and I could probably talk about that for hours, but just... Yeah, it's yeah. just one of those things where it's like we got to do better as a country. Like cuz other countries when they think about us, what do you think they think about? They're just like, "Oh, Americans, they're so stupid and fat." Oh, I know. I know. They're my sister lives in Australia and my sister was born and raised in the United States, lived in Europe for a while and now lives in Australia. And I'm always like, why don't you want to come home? Like, I miss you. And she's like, with all due respect, you guys are embarrassing. Like, she doesn't even consider herself American anymore. No, she's she's right. You are embarrassing. Like, you are overweight. You are lazy. You blame, you know, you have all the excuses in the world. You, and I'm just like, I mean, you know, and she's really American, but I guess not anymore. But I mean, you know, she's like, our country laughs at you. Like, they laugh at you. You spend all the money on healthcare and you have the sickest, baddest people. And I say that all the time, right? Like, because we don't do anything about preventative and we don't do anything with education. And, and it's okay. I mean, I, Hey, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, like I made really bad lifestyle choices. I still do sometimes. Right. But I'm going to own it. And when I do that, I'm going to make sure that I'm moving and, you know, I want to do 
for the most part, the right things. And, yeah. you know, as a country, we're going to have to, I know you're on board with this, in order for things to change, we're going to have to end the masses as a whole, start expecting more from our yeah. from our food suppliers, from our government, from our, you know, like I posted something yesterday, the day before that I got from the food babe, like the Mountain Dew that we serve in this country is illegal in the United Kingdom. Yes. So yep. and they make different Mountain Dew for the United Kingdom, but they give yep. us the same shit here. Like, why? Exactly. Why is that Same okay? thing with Doritos. Same thing with well, with our why? candy. Yeah, why is that Every- okay? Like, why yeah. is that all right? Because we as Americans let that be okay, right? Because we yep. that's exactly. where we put our money, and that's who we elect in office, and that's what we let happen. And that is yep. should be infuriating to us, right? I mean... It is. It's very, you know, it, and I feel like a lot of more people are waking up because of accounts like that, like the Fubay. Um, I mean, God, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but there's many other accounts out there that are like bringing this to uh, to the forefront. But you're right. Like, why are these other countries so ahead of us? But at the same time, America's supposed to be like the yeah. most advanced and the smartest, and we're always progressive and moving forward and it's like we can't even like we can't even get our food correct and it's like again we can go over the laundry list of things like like your sister said we spend how much money on healthcare on our and, and our healthcare sucks mm-hmm. everything is about getting us on medication nothing preventative right like right. most of these diseases uh and chronic diseases that i'm sure that you see on a daily basis can all be solved by lifestyle change diet and you know training lifting weights um, but nobody wants to talk about it. No, and no, there's, no. and un- unfortunately there's no, there, like you, like you said, there's no money in it. It's all free, right? <laughs> you, you don't need to go to a gym. You can find, I promise you, you have something in your house that's heavy. Now figure out a way to pick it up and keep doing that. Just or even just shit. start doing body weight stuff, right? Like if yes. you can work out really hard with body weight stuff, if, if that's your, you push-ups, know, yeah, squats. I mean, but it, again, it's all free. And then I think that's the problem. It's all free. And then it's all about the education. You know? And it's, it's very infuriating to me, but um, I don't know if that's where we're at. And we just need to be yeah. asking questions and demanding different answers and demanding different things be done with our, with our healthcare expenditure. Right. So like if we spent yeah. 10% of the money that we spend on healthcare on actual education and educating our children and feeding our children right like not complete garbage at school oh my god oh my god like i i don't let take let me take my hats off to like to teachers right like i don't know how teachers do it right they have these kids that are amped up on sugar there's 20 of them in a classroom they're screaming they get fed complete garbage shit and then they're supposed to try to teach these kids something like it's just insane like take some of that money that we waste on healthcare feed kids some reasonable food that keeps their blood sugar flash throughout the day so they don't have behavioral issues and they're not having, you know, insulin crashes and they probably could learn something in school and teachers would have a a lot easier job, you know, just little things like that. 100% correct. And and it seems like, it's almost seems like it's common sense, right? It it doesn't take a genius to, to think about what you just said, right? Like, but why won't they implement it? And so my, my, my daughters, uh, they're in school right now and we have this app and I mentioned this last, my, one of my other podcasts I did and our teacher will send us messages saying, Hey, the kids need snacks this week. And all the parents kind of rotate or they give you a list of things that you can bring legit goldfish, mm-hmm. animal crackers, Oreos, pop tarts, like, uh, popcorn, the little, ch- or the cheese balls, the cheese puffs. And I'm like, 
Oh my God, this is just all bullshit. Like, why are we feeding our kids this? And by the way, my, my, my wife is a teacher and I can tell you, she is dealing with kids that are just so amped up on <laughs> sugar. They just cannot go to sleep during nap time and they yeah. cannot focus because their breakfast, you know, is, is, um, a donut, right? Some pastry. And then it's like goldfish snacks at, you know, nine thirty or 10 o'clock. And then it's time for lunch. It's just, yeah. It, and we and wonder why. And then that kid grows up struggles. and has diabetes and we wonder why, right? They grow yeah. up and they're obese and it's, it's, in, it's insane. Right? Oh, why my son can't pay attention in school, right? Like, why can't my son pay attention? I, I tried everything. I've, I've done everything. Like, but they don't think about how much food is affecting their child and well, how just that one slight little thing could really make a huge difference. Yeah. So think about it like this. This is what I tell my patients. Like food is medicine, right? It is medicine. Yeah. Whether you choose to give yourself toxic medicine or whether you choose to give yourself good medicine, you make that choice at least three times a day. Most people in this country make that choice six or seven times a day, which is insane, yeah. right? But every single time you eat, that's kind of what I try to think about. Like, okay, I'm fueling my body. I'm giving my body medicine. Like, do I want to give it shit or do I want to yeah. give it functional food, right? And and then yeah. you have to realize that whatever you give it, you have to reap those you know, the, the ramifications of your decision, right? So it's okay if you want to have a cake ball or whatever you want to have every now and then, but you have to be willing to, you know, to be able to be okay with that decision two or three hours later. Now I will tell you the more muscle you have. And if you add maybe a little bit of protein to that cake ball, you're going to feel a lot better than somebody who doesn't have that muscle, right? Cause I had a vegan gluten-free cake ball last week. I had one with some protein and I enjoyed every second of it. Yep. Didn't feel great an hour later, but I had a protein shake and that was fine. So, yep. I mean, you know, you get to make those choices, but it's just crazy to think that like all this stuff you're ingesting in your body has no ramification on how you feel, right? Like that yep. is insane. Insane. Is. And, and just for like the people, I have people who say like, well, I have no idea where to start. I don't know what to do. I eat terrible all the time. I love this post where, so basically your entire body, your whole body, every cell in your body replicates mm -hmm. itself and completely turns itself over in about 35 days. I don't know if you knew that. So if you are eating complete garbage and your body is full of nothing but just toxic crap right now, yeah. if you decide that on September 18th, I am done with the toxic crap and I'm going to start eating well, by October 23rd, every cell in your body will have changed and I promise you will feel better. That's insane, right? Like 35 yeah. days. That's all it takes yeah. is like, I'm but going to eat better. To some people, most Americans, that 35 days would feel like an eternity. Well, and it, and it <laughs> may, but just, I want some people to realize, like, if you feel like you're in that pit, like you felt like you were 10 years ago and like, I felt like I was, and it's like this ever, you know, ending hole of like, how do I get out of here? It's not as bad as it could be, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you might not feel well for 35 days and there's lots of stuff now that can help you with that, right? Like you're putting out great videos about ways to biohack food and like I can help you, people can help you with that. Um, and it's not going to be easy, but just know that it's 35 days. Like yeah, you've you made a lifetime of bad choices, years and years yeah. and years. And the human body is so resilient that in 35 days it will forgive you. You know, if Absolutely. you just start giving it better food. I mean, that's like, I don't understand. Like it's, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I know it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating for sure. I want to, I want to, um, I want to ask you another question. So what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on, um, GLP ones? 
the semiglutides. You know, they're like the latest and hottest thing right now. Everybody's talking about them. Everyone's doing them. Of course, they got super popular once one of once the public heard one of the Kardashians got on it and it was yeah. like, boom, everybody was like, I want to get on that. I want to get on that. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? And do you have any patients that are currently on GLP ones? Yeah. So I've had a ton of patients that take GLP ones. So I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Probably in excess of a thousand that take GLP ones. Wow. So a lot. Wow. Um, so here's my thought on them. It's off label use for weight loss. Obviously they do wonders for people with diabetes they're being studied for weight loss right now. I think if you use them correctly, they're a great tool. Okay. It's not an end all be all like cure. So in somebody whose insulin is really, really high, you know, like you or I were 10 years ago in a bad place. I think it's something that can help as a crutch, like get them going in the right direction. It's going to help curb their appetite. It's going to help bring their insulin levels down. So they're not constantly thinking about food so that they can work towards those healthy lifestyle modifications and goals. Right. But I tell people like, this is not something you need to be on for the rest of your life. It's not something you should want to be on for the rest of your life. This is something that's going to help kind of change that physiology to get you moving in the right direction. But you need to learn lifestyle modification, how to manage this. Right. So, you know, it's kind of like, do you want someone to have a BMI of 40? Like that's going to kill them. Is this medicine, you know, is this medicine harmful? Maybe. So in my mind, it's definitely something good to get them going in the right direction. But I think that there should be like a timeline that you guys kind of discuss and say, you know, Hey, at three months or at six months, we really need to be getting you off of this because you should have been able to from there. So that's kind of my thing with, with the GLP ones. I think that they're good in the right situation for the right amount of time, but they are not a miracle drug. It doesn't mean that you get to not exercise. It doesn't mean you get to go to McDonald's and eat this much of a burger instead of this much. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that you just substitute in your life and keep acting terrible and and making bad decisions. Yeah, no, I, uh, I a hundred percent agree with you. I am actually all for GLP ones if you are taking them the right way, like you just said, which is, you know, I think Peter Tia said it best. He, he made a, a point. It was like, look, if it was up to me, or maybe it was, maybe it wasn't Peter Tia. It was probably someone else. But anyways, um, he said, I would much rather it be where there's a rule. If you're going to take GLP one, the rules are you have to change the way you're eating and you mm-hmm. absolutely have to do some type of resistance training. Mm-hmm. You have to. Uh, because what they're finding uh, is that <clears throat> a lot of the patients that are taking the GLP-1s, well, when they're done taking it, if you don't change your lifestyle and you're not eating and you're not doing some type of resistance training, you're actually going to end up being fatter, m- w- having more body fat than when you started. Now, will you weigh less? Yes. But there's, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to lose body fat or just weigh less? I promise you, you want to lose body fat. You don't want to just weigh less. And so making sure you're doing some type of lifestyle change, making sure you're prioritizing protein, making sure you're doing some type of training is key when taking these GLP ones. And like you said, you don't want to be on them forever. And I think that's one of the, the things that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is that people are jumping on them with no exit plan, no off-ramp plan. They're just like, yep, I'm just going to be on this as long as I can and and I'll get off whenever 
I get off, but I have no plan. It's like, oh my gosh, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. There has to be some type of lifestyle change. There has to be some type of diet, nutrition, and resistance training along with the GLP-1 program. So yeah, I totally agree. And, and I think they are good. You know, they do help people realize mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't need to eat as much. I think sometimes people too, like they get in this mindset of like, I must eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. I must eat everything on my plate. I must eat, you know, like we have this like, crazy thought process that we have to consume all this food newsflash we've fasted as humans for thousands of years right like mm-hmm. you're, this is this is not normal people like three set meals a day our ancestors just didn't get up out of right? the cave and was like ah, well, i'm no. kind of hungry let me go see what's uh, no. in the pantry yeah so i mean i think it's more of like a, to help some people to get over that right like because i grew up the same way too right like i grew up where you put what your mom you ate what your mom put on your plate you cleaned and yep. you ate three meals a day and so it's more like kind of helping you learn how to like listen to your body you know like on days i don't work out sometimes i'm just not that hungry like i might not eat that much but then like i did legs yesterday right now my stomach is going nuts when we're off of this mm-hmm. i'm gonna go like crush some burgers my husband is making now. You know, like I've just been eating all day. Like you just kind (laughs) of have to listen to your body. Like I've eaten like five times today. Um, So it just, you know, you got to learn how to, to know, like how to listen to your body again and just instead of just eating because it's time to eat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it helps with that. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I see that you actually have two blood sugar monitors uh, on your body right now. You have one on this arm and you have one on this arm. I have one on this arm. Look at that. And I have one on this arm. Uh, I love that. I, I, you know, obviously, guys, if you know who I am. I'm the one of the founders of BioCoach. We obviously are really big on tracking glucose. So I'm obviously going to sound biased, but. I have mine the, too. Look at that. There you go. You got your BioCoach right there. tracking blood sugar is so important, but I don't want them to hear it from me. I want them to hear it from you guys. You're like, what, why do you have two monitors on you right now? Yeah. Well, so I have two on because I'm lucky enough to have access to them. Right. So one thing I wanted to do was just, I wanted to show people, I did a video to show people like how you insert the Libre three versus the Dexcom G seven. Right. I just wanted to show people the difference, the sizes I also just want to show people some differences and like nuances of how you use them. But also just for me in general, like it's been a little while since I've tracked my blood sugars. I do this occasionally. I haven't done it since I've had more muscle recently. And so I put them on because I'm going to show people on social media. Um, You know, I have people that ask me or patients that say like, I ate an apple and it actually made my blood sugar go to 150. Like, why is that? Well, that's because an apple has some carbohydrates and some natural Mm -hmm. like sugar and it's going to break down into sugar, right? But what you should be asking is like, okay, if I want to eat an apple because I'm craving fiber and I need that apple, how can I do that and kind of biohack the system, right? And make my blood sugar not go up. Well, the answer is you add some protein. So you eat cheese with it or you eat peanut butter or you, and so I like to see that in myself too, uh, but I want to show people as yeah. well. And so I've kind of mm. said that for the next couple of weeks, whenever I eat, I'm going to show people what is my blood sugar? What does it do to my blood sugar? Um, and then, you know, some people who swear that like, if you eat, if you get, you know, skinny Starbucks lattes and yada, yada, it's not bad for you. Well, I'm going to show you people that it is. <laughs> I'm not going to drink all of it, but you know, so I just like to monitor that in myself too. And I That's also good. think it's very interesting to look and see what different types of exercise do to your blood sugar. Right. So like yeah. strength training, things like that. So that's why I'm wearing them. I like to know for myself, but I'm going to, I had a couple of patients ask me recently, like, give me some tips on how do I eat, you know, this or that, because I really like it, but it makes my blood sugar. 
So yeah, I it's, also, it's, I'm I think it's important. It's so important to know how food and well, it's important to know how your body is responding to the food that you're eating, right? right. Is it having a positive uh, impact or a negative impact, right? Like your right. client just said, your patient said, hey, I ate this apple and my blood sugar spiked you know, to 150. Okay, well, that's not necessarily a positive reaction. Why don't you do this? Boom, add some protein, add some fat, and you know you can even add in some extra fiber if you like, and that's yeah. always going to help. And that's one thing I always tell my, you know, my patients or my patients, my my clients, is that look, if you're gonna eat this meal, you better have some fats, some protein, and some fiber along with it. Do not eat what we call naked carbs, right? Like just yeah. don't eat carbs by themselves. And unfortunately, like a lot of those snacks that we were talking about. All that is is naked processed carbs. It's just all it is. And so, you, you know, you want to stay away from that stuff. But if you are going to have it, obviously, always add in those three things. But, you know, tracking blood sugar and knowing, again, how your food is responding is so beneficial because I get so many people coming up to me and they're like, man, look, I'm eating clean. I'm working out. I'm doing cardio. I just don't know what's going on. I'm like, okay, well, here, here's, here's my bio coach meter. Check your blood sugar. I want to know what it is in the morning. I want to know what it is 30 minutes after your meals and then come back to me. And then, holy crap, they're like, bro, my blood sugar, I woke up, I tested my blood sugar. It was like at 120. I'm like, okay, well, how much sleep are you getting? They're like, wow, yeah, I don't really get much sleep. And I'm like, well, that's one of your issues right there. People don't realize how much sleep plays a huge impact on your blood sugars and getting good sleep and good recovery is so important, but people don't realize that. And then also tracking to see how the food, how your body, you know, responds to the, um, <clears throat> how your blood sugar uh, looks after you, eat the food, after you eat the meals. Is it spiking? Is it staying leveled? You know, and just taking that data and then making adjustments and then, you know, continuing to move forward. But it's just, you know, it's a, it's a piece to a major puzzle that people need if you want to take that next step and, and you know, make yourself healthier. And not only that, but also like what exercise and resistance training does to it as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So like sometimes I tell my patients, like the one who was talking to me about apples, like I love apples. I want to eat an apple every day. It's not fair yeah. that a honey crisp apple makes my blood sugar 150. So you know what I said to that person? Okay. Well then you earn that apple. So then you work out. So go do yes. some strength training, go do something so that when you eat that apple, your muscles are ready to take that glucose in and use yes. it because they've been utilized. Right. So like you know, if you eat an apple first thing when you wake up in the morning, you haven't done anything or you eat an apple after you've, you know, squatted 200 pounds, 40 times, it's going to do different things to your blood sugar. And so people need to realize that too, right? And that may be after you do something heavy, like lifting, but yeah. you know, it shouldn't be yeah. craving an apple when you first wake up in the morning. So that's the other thing too. And then when I eat an apple, this is important as well, which is why I think the bio coach is awesome. When I eat an apple or you eat an apple, our blood sugar might not go to 150. It might go to 110 or 120 because we're metabolically healthy and we have a lot of muscle, right? But if somebody that doesn't have a lot of muscle eats an apple, their sugar may go to 200. And so yeah. it's just, yeah. you do need to know like when you eat certain foods, how does it affect your body. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. again, it depends on what you've done that day. How are you sick? Did you sleep well? And it's crazy to your point. Like sleep is so important. People might be shocked if they actually check their blood sugars on days they don't sleep well. You can eat the exact same thing on days you did sleep well. 
when you don't sleep well, your cortisol levels are higher, which drives your yeah. insulin levels yeah. higher. And so you can eat the exact same thing and your blood sugar is going to be higher. So if people saw this and saw all this data, they might be like, oh, all these people on social media aren't crazy as shit. Maybe I should, you know, sleep better. And exactly. maybe I, you know, so if we actually had this data, then people would be like, oh, you know. And so, yeah, I've got them on. Every now and then I just like to make sure I'm still where I need to be, you know, so. I love it. I, I'm all about, I love the testing videos. I'm, I'm actually excited to see the things you test. Uh, and I'm going to wait until you do it because that is such a great idea. Testing foods without any workouts and then testing that same food post-workout, which is something that I've never done. And I'm not going to steal that from you. I'm going to wait till you do that. But that is right. such a great experiment uh, because right. I would, I, you know, I, I show my food when I eat, you know, randomly some, some, some days and people would always freak out whenever I'd show my post-workout or my pre-workout meal. And they'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Is that, is that rice? And I'm like, yeah, it's a bowl of rice. What's what's, oh, bro. I, I, you know, I thought you're low carb. I thought you're a keto. Isn't that going to knock you out of ketosis? Isn't, isn't that going to spike your blood sugar? I'm like, yeah, but slow down. Let me, let me tell you. So this is my pre-workout meal. I have carbs before my workout and I have carbs post-workout. That is because I'm going to use these carbs. I'm going to put them to use. And it's not a lot. I'm not having, you know, 100 grams of carbs. I'm having like 30, 40, which is not a lot. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to burn up through this glycogen probably halfway through my workout. And as soon as I'm done, my, my, my muscles are just going to be like sponges. And so when I eat my post-workout meal that has carbs, it's going to just suck it up and it's not going to affect my blood sugar. Anyways, and for bodybuilding standpoint like what i'm trying to build muscle it's actually a good thing right you 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 want that to happen uh to a certain extent so uh it's it's very interesting i'm i cannot wait till you do some of those experiments uh yeah and the other thing people have to realize too is like if they are working out just like you if you don't have those carbs after you work out right and then your muscles are going to need those carbs then you're going to start having food cravings in like four or five hours so this is why i think a lot of people that restrict their diet like especially women right we're like oh my gosh we're going to be so restricted and this is why you want to eat the entire house every third or fourth day because your body's like, yo, <laughs> I need some carbs, right? So like, I love sweet potatoes. I will bow down a sweet potato, like, <laughs> you know? And so some people are like, oh my gosh, you eat. And I do. I was that girl who was like, oh my gosh, no carbs, no carbs. I'm going to never eat carbs, right? I eat a ton of carbs now, but it is raspberries and blueberries and bananas yeah. and sweet potatoes and beans. Like I don't eat shit. I eat but, and I do it when, you know, I, in the morning, I usually, you know, don't have a lot of carbs, but like if I've exercised or I'm craving them, then I, that's when I have, when I've used my muscles, that's when I have those good carbs. And, and that's okay. Cause <clears throat> if you don't, I promise. And, and, you know, I tell people this all the time, what you've been doing obviously isn't working like starving yourself and not eating protein yet. Just try it. And you might actually like, if you're monitoring your blood sugars, you'll see too that like, oh, wow, it didn't really spike my sugar super high. And then I actually wasn't starving later. And so yep. I think it's good. Like maybe if we spent 10% of our healthcare dollars on giving everyone one of these, you know, I would, a, a I would love that. If the government could come to me and be like, look, we're going to give you this much money to give everybody free yeah. biocoach meters. Sure. I would love that. Cause it's again, Mail it's it. so important and it's just data on yourself you know you can read so many studies out there you can read papers on experiments but the best experiment is the one that's done on you on yep. your body because i don't know what the fuck these other people are doing i don't know what's going on with them i don't know what their genetics are i don't know what they're doing what are they really so, eating exactly so <laughs> I, that study means nothing to me 
okay? I want to do a study on my own self. You need to do a study on your own self so you can see what's actually happening. So you can make adjustments that, that are, you know, that fit you, that are tailored to your, uh, your body. So again, I can talk all day about it. Absolutely love it. If you are thinking about tracking your blood sugar, I would highly recommend it. Um, Cassie, the one that you have is, so I kind of want to explain the difference. You have a continuous glucose monitor. Mm -hmm. The bio coach is a blood glucose monitor. So a continuous one is you're getting readings for 24 hours a day, you know, minute by minute, hour by hour with the blood glucose monitor, you're actually getting a snapshot of what your mm-hmm. blood sugar is at that moment. So again, there is obviously price point difference. The glucose monitor, the continuous glucose monitors are a little more expensive or they tend to be if your insurance doesn't pay for them. And yeah. then obviously the blood glucose monitors are much more affordable. Um, so definitely excited to uh, see your experiment. Yeah. But I know, I know you are super hungry, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. You're like, you just talking about the burgers your husband made is like getting me hungry. I'm like, wait, it is national uh, burger day today. So I, gotta I came get home a- and he had two pounds of grass fed. Let's go. 93% lean beef. Yes. And I was like, yes. Let's go. Nothing better than a burger with some mustard and onions and, you know. Mm. Yes. I mushrooms onions mustard i'm in sweet potato i have some sweet potato too because i worked Dude, out i love sweet potatoes but the, the so the one con about them is that look i'm super impatient when it's time to eat like i want my food right now i do not want to wait i do not want to make a long meal that takes a long time like air fry it like just whip it up i want it now and so the problem with sweet potatoes for me is that if you want a really good sweet potato it's gonna take about an hour and a half to get that like really soft crunchy on the on the outside mm-hmm. um and i just don't have time for that like i like i so let me give you a life hack okay so make your sweet potatoes on sunday make like three or four of them and cut them up and then you know what i do is whenever i want to reheat them so i'm sure you know carnivore crisp right they make the butter yes. the beef yes. butter so that beef butter that tallow put a little bit on there and I just put it in the, um, like the convection oven, you know, and turn it on. It only takes like three or four minutes to get it warm. So it's not in the microwave and it's still really soft and that beef butter, like the good fat. So I just cook them all on Sunday and then okay. just chop them I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have Life to, you know, it, okay. it's good. That would be perfect. Cause what I'll do is I'll throw them in the micro, I'll throw them in the oven yeah. while I'm watching the, the football game. Yeah. There you go. That's I, and then yeah, you just have you them go. ready every night. So yeah. then I, you just go ahead and cut them. So that way we like know your size and everything if you want to yep. measure it. And then, but I'm telling you that tallow butter, the beef I'll butter, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm a big fan of, yeah, big fan of carnivore crisps. So good. I'll definitely- and so just put that on there and then put it in the, like the convection oven and turn it on. And something about that butter, it just keeps them really like soft. I always just get organic sweet potatoes, bake them, put a little bit of salt on them. So good. And so awesome. then they're already done. You just need four you're getting, minutes. You're getting, you're getting me hungry. You're, you're going to get me upset because I want. I'm craving a sweet potato now, and I obviously don't have them, and I don't have like I don't have the patience. Well, so now you'll know. On Sunday, you just cook them all, right? Sunday, you're Sunday. Really that's that's going to be my sweet potato uh, food prep day. Um, Cassie, so please let my uh, followers, listeners know where can we find you? Where can we get more, Doctor Cassie? Okay, so I'm an Instagram. And a Facebook, it's at Modern Endocrine. My Instagram's at Modern Endocrine underscore. My Facebook's at Modern Endocrine. I think I'm on TikTok. I have YouTube. 
have a website. It's www.modern-endocrine.com. And I have a little um, link at the top that says something about um, like courses. And you can leave your info there if you're interested. in position so you can leave some information there we're working on getting a landing page set up for that too but that's what i have for now i have a um link tree on my instagram as well too where you can subscribe and leave information and just so you know i'm actually i've decided i'm going to do a podcast so i set a date so november 1st i'm going to have a podcast and i'm going to have you come back and be on my podcast yes yes we're just going to talk about like life hacks like how to be healthier you know like bio hack your life and your health and just how to little things you can do to start making yourself feel better. So love it. I wanted to do it for a long time. And I don't know if you follow Mel Robbins, but she's always like, you can want and want and want. And I've had like a sticky note on my computer that says I want a podcast for like a year. And I listened to something <clears> the other day and she's like, until you give it a date, it's never going to happen. Like you need a date and then you'll be motivated. And so she had me all pumped up the other day when I was lifting legs and I was like, my date is no, you know, she's like, tell me what your date is. And I was like, November 1st. And I was like, shit, I said it. And so I yes. think it's going to be November 1st. So I'm going to, that's my goal. I will tell you this. Good. I, it took me a year and a half to start my podcast. And Cassie, I had everything like already bought. I had the podcast room set up. I had, because the way that I originally was going to do it was going to do only in person only. And I was like, oh yeah, it's only going to be in person. But then I quickly realized, okay, that's just not practical. Like I'd have to fly in all my guests. Like, yeah. never mind. <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, I had everything, all the equipment bought and it just sat there and I stared at that room for a year and people were like, dude, what are you doing? Start your podcast. And I was so scared, so intimidated. But like you said, it wasn't until one day, like, I don't know who I heard, but they were like, you know, if you're just wishing and hoping that ain't shit, like you're just wishing to get better. You're just wishing to start this. Like it's just wasted time. It's just wasted words. And like you said, put a date. I committed to a date and my date was January 1st. Okay. I was like the new year I'm starting it. It's here. I'm doing it. So finally got it started. So I'm excited about your podcast. I cannot wait. So I'm glad you got a date on it, but I don't want you like, I I was like you, it took me a very long time to finally pull the trigger. And like, I have a YouTube channel for 10 years. I've had a YouTube channel. Wow. I've done all the social medias. Like wow. I got my YouTube plaque right there. Like I've been doing YouTube forever, but for some reason, podcasting was, I was so intimidated. I was so scared for some reason. I don't know why, but it's like, I'm so happy I got started. And yeah, I get to have these amazing well, conversations. Not, so to be honest with you, I've never really been a social media person either. So the only reason I got on social media last year in like November was because I started my own practice. And so I've been like very anti-social media my whole life. Um, so I'm kind of just still getting warmed up to the whole social media yeah. thing. It's fine. And I don't mind talking to people, but so this idea of a podcast is like, pretty intimidating to me but to be honest with you the most intimidating part is like i haven't come up with a name yet and so that's been my excuse is like i need a name and then i'm like that is the stupidest shit ever i'm listening to <laughs> the mel robbins podcast right she has like millions of followers so i'm like yeah. that's a shitty excuse i'm done with that and then yeah. when she said the whole like date thing i was like all right fine because i don't care to talk to people like i talk to people all day long right like i'm really comfortable like what you see is what you get i screw shit up all the time make mistakes like make fun of me whatever that the ego thing is not my deal. It's just, yeah. I really do have the compassion to like give information to people and I listen to podcasts. And so, so that's it. So 
I, I still don't have a name yet, but I'm not going to let that be my excuse. It may just be the Cassie Smith podcast. I don't know. There you but go. November there you go. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to get on potentially the Cassie Smith podcast or whatever you want to call You're it. You're invited. Either way, I'm going to be on it. So I want to be on it, whatever it's called. Uh, so I'm excited. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for uh, you know coming on my show and taking time out of your day to chat with me. I super, super appreciate it. and. Go eat those burgers because uh, I'm going to go get some food too. Make those Feel games. My muscles. Keep wor- look at that. <laughs> look at that. Keep working out. You look great. And I love your messaging, everything you're doing on social. Just let me tell you, I absolutely love it. I love your Instagram. I love your videos. They're so good. So I know you're going to crush it uh, with your podcast. So um, again, thank you again. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, thank we'll talk you. To you later. Thank you for my meter too. I'm super stoked. You're welcome. I yeah. I can't you. wait to see you use it. Okay. Bye. All Have right. a good night. We'll see you. Bye-bye.